0: What's going on, folks? Welcome, welcome. <clears throat> the last, second to last live session. Drop in the chat, the most valuable thing you've learned so far. I think that we've thrown a lot at you, if I know anything. <laughs> What's the number one thing? I heard um, a lot of people said headlines. Headlines is the one thing that resonated that they didn't even know, that they didn't know. Presentation matters, yeah. Yeah. In bottles, in the Lens format: one, three, one, I guess I got three, one. Right every day. Full lean writing process. Yep. We're gonna have someone coming out of that soon. Different opener, skimmable, one through one. Write each day. Skimmable. <clears throat> Storytelling. I saw someone tweet the other day that no one ever had their writing, their lives changed by writing the thing skim. And my thought was. The counterpositive is extremely true, which is there's a lot of people whose lives would have been changed by a piece of writing had it been skimmable. Mm. And, I, and I think a lot, that's what people overlook, is it's not, <clears throat> you're not writing so it's skimmable, you're writing so you're making it skimmable so more people will read the whole thing. <clears throat> You're not making it screamable so people re- will read less license. We should talk about that on the call. That's a
1: great point, yeah.
0: You know, always bring the vibes, there you go.
1: I wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid, so, you know.
0: I'm still, that's still one of my life goals, is to uh, end up <laughs> being a DJ somewhere. I think uh, maybe we do some mid, mid-session mid tunes whenever we do a little assignment or something. Maybe we'll
1: flip that around.
0: Awesome. All right. I think let's go for it. Let's cut it.
1: <clears throat> All right.
0: Cool. All right, folks. Well, welcome to the last long live session of this Ship 30 cohort. We will have <clears throat> a couple quick logistics. Day 30 essays will be on Sunday. You'll get an email on Saturday with a prompt you can use that we kind of standardize to help you reflect on the process, think about what you've learned, think about what you have improved on. We'll have you go read your first essay again, have you read through your goals, those kind of things. That statement you made during day one or two of onboarding, I think will be uh, something you can revisit that'll be you know fun and will resonate with a lot of you. A couple other things. So the day 30 celebration call will be this Sunday. We do the live session on Sunday just to kind of culminate. And so if you can clear the time to be on that call, we really highly recommend it. It's always my favorite call of the whole session. <clears throat> we do people come up on and talk about their experience, things they learned, always get to hear some really cool personal stories. So highly, highly recommend carving out the time to be there for that. It's gonna be a party, we're gonna celebrate whether you made all 30 days, whether you showed up just for day 30, Uh, doesn't matter how we get there. So that is the second logistic. Thirdly, um, if you haven't yet filled out the goals and base problem survey, uh, go ahead and do that. It's super helpful for us. We've gotten a lot of good feedback of how we can improve. We're learning a lot about each of you. Make sure we're giving you the right information, especially as we transition out of this SHIP 30 cohort into membership invites, get you the right information, get you the courses that are going to help you um, and all of that. So please go ahead and fill out that survey. I think we've said a couple of times it's in your email. And then over the next three, really the rest of the month, we're going to have, or rest of the year after this, we're going to have weekly webinars that a lot of you attended before. we got some exciting guests lined up. Sahil Lavinja from Gumroad. I'm probably going to be able to get Trung Fan. A couple others who it will be just a really fun jam session on all things writing. So be on the lookout for those. Um, part of the membership will be you get to kick around with them after and ask them some specific questions. So anything membership related, you'll see in your invites on Thursday when those go out. So be on the lookout. And... I think that's it, Cole. I missed anything?
1: No, I think I think you got it. That uh, that last thread at the end of the cohort is always a lot of fun. So make Mm -hmm. sure that you take advantage of that and and um, hop in there.
0: Cool. All right. So what are we digging into today?
1: So you know we cover a lot of ground very quickly. So I just want to recap. You know, here's what we've done so far, right? So if if you've been if you're here on this call, you've Build your daily writing habit. You know, Even if you didn't make it every single day, even if you made it every couple of days, even if you made it every other day, that is a daily writing habit. And, and the reason why we call it that is because the whole point is you keep coming back to it every single day, right? So if you missed a day, it's all good. You're still here. You're still cranking. Uh, second is you launched your social blog, which is really, really exciting. Um, that to us is the gateway to all online writing. It is the thing that allows you to focus on just the content and then from there the distribution becomes a lot easier you can tap into other social channels you can republish on other platforms so using typeshare and launching your social blog huge huge first step that's what keeps a lot of people from writing in the first place third creating a timeless foundation of content you know however many pieces you've gotten through if you've written every day you know by the end of this thing you're going to have 30 pieces of content so within that you're going to have started to gather data on what works that's the whole purpose of Building a daily writing habit, using a social blog, and then building a library of content is over time. It becomes easier and easier to recognize what's working and what's not in your library. And then, of course, you know, hopefully, you've met some new people here within Ship 30, made some friends, um, had a good time doing it. So, what we want to dig into today is all around. Okay, so you you've done all this. Now, what's the next step? And the next step, just like how, you know, if you've been reading other people's essays throughout Ship 30, that first week is so much about just getting started. You know, it's like people going from zero to one. I've never done this before. Now I'm doing it. Or I've done it a little bit. Now I'm doing it a lot. And then you see everyone take this huge step forward in terms of headlines, you know, and all of a sudden the ideas start getting crispier. And then you see everyone take this other big step. Uh, Like last week, we talked about formatting and all of a sudden things start getting easier to read. And it's like we talked about, it's more skimmable. You can enter the writing in an easier way. And so now we're kind of coming into this last step of finalizing this whole start writing online journey, which is positioning yourself. And so what we're going to walk through is what makes a good bio, you know, what, what do I look for? What does Dickie look for? What are the things that stand out that make it very apparent? Oh, this is someone who's writing about something that I'm interested in. What are the components of that? We have a little checklist that we'll give you. And then also talk a little bit about this idea of you know creating your own niche, creating a category for yourself, a category of one. It all starts with the bio. It's literally a game of one to three words of how you frame what you do. And then everything that you do stems from that. So we're going to kind of introduce that thinking, but start with, okay, you've, you've started writing, you've built momentum. Now, how do you position yourself in a way where when someone does come across your writing, they sit there and go, oh, this is someone I should pay attention to.
0: Yeah, this session for me is always a... I think a lot of people <clears throat> don't even know the importance of a bio until they start to experience what a well-written bio does for them when people talk about them. I mean, I had just an experience the other day. I went on a podcast, and someone immediately the first thing they do is use the language that you give them in your bio to talk about. You've written a lot about X. Even if you've never specifically said, on am writing about X, they just look at your bio and the way you talk about yourself and use that to, to really describe you. So we'll dig into some examples of that. But the goal by the end of today is for you to rewrite your bio. That's going to be the goal of the breakout rooms. So go ahead. And I don't know, if Cole, if you have a slide on this one, but grab your bio right now so you can think about which of these things you're already doing, what you might not be doing, and we can go through that rewriting process.
1: Yeah, and this is one of those, like we're gonna we'll show you some examples of great bios. We'll point some things out. The biggest mistake that I want to emphasize before we dive in here is people writing bios for themselves versus for the reader. So it kind of goes back to our whole philosophy philosophy around being clear and not clever. You know, how many times have you clicked on someone's profile and their bios like, I love cats, coffee, and orange is the new black on Netflix. And you're like, okay, I have no idea what to expect from you. Right. And, and not only that, but because they're trying to be clever, it's almost getting in the way of your understanding. What am I looking at? What do you do? Who are you? Why should I care? What do I get out of this? So, it's a very similar thought process as everything else that we talk about. And it seems very simple. You know, it's like on the surface, it's like, oh, these are just basic things. I just need to be a little bit more professional in my bio. But it's the same thing with headlines. It's the same thing with formatting is once you see the before and afters, you start to realize, oh, okay, these aren't just like, words. (laughs) The words are pointing people's thinking in a direction. And so your job is to come up with the words that you want to use to point other people's thinking in your direction. Okay. So yes, Twitter bio, um, these same principles apply to anything, long form bio, short form bio, work bio, uh, website bio, whatever, but we're going to focus on the Twitter bio here. So to start, what makes a great bio? Real quick, all right, before we show you some examples. These are the three things that everyone is asking themselves the moment they click on your profile, the moment they see your work, is they want to know, what are you writing about? What can I expect from you? And what makes you credible? Okay, so who are you? What do you do? What, what are you going to give me as a reader? And then why should I trust you? And these very basic pieces are, once you see them, it's like, it's a checklist. You know, all you have to do is just go down the list and go, I need to speak to this. I need to speak this. I need to speak to this. And there's a reason why so many people's bios all look the same. If you put like, like, uh, you know, every writer on Twitter who has more than 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers, like they all basically have the same bio. It's just different niches of things that they write about, you know? Um, Dickie, I'm I'm sure you recognize that too.
0: It it is. And it's ever evolving. Someone changes it and then someone catches up with it. And it's all about who stays on the front of of the wave. It's always changing. So we'll point out a few here. And I think we have some good examples of ones that might have even changed since we put these slides together. Um, they're always kind of fun to point out and
1: I, I just yeah. swapped some of them. Uh, some of okay. them. out. Yeah. Cool. Good, good, good. But the, you know, something that's worth, uh, pointing out here is your bio is not a marriage decision. Mm. So here, you know, you might sit there and go, okay, let me write down answers to these questions. You know, like what, what topics am I going to write about? how often or what? what is the reader going to expect from me? What makes me credible? But these things are going to change over time. You know, my bio in 2014 is very different than my bio in 2017 when I started a company, which is very different than a bio in 2020 after I stopped working on that company. You know, so it's not a marriage decision. The important thing is that wherever you are right now, You want to plant your flag and go, this is who I am right now. And if tomorrow something changes, you're no longer interested in that niche. You decide to start a company. You decide to join a different company. You get interested in a different topic area. You can change it tomorrow. Okay. But the biggest mistake that people make is they go, I don't want to plant my flag anywhere because I don't know if who I am today is who I'm going to be tomorrow. And that's, that's flawed thinking. Just go, this is who I am today. I'm going to own it today until I reach a point of change.
0: Mm, that's right. And again, just like your niche, just like whatever it is you're writing about, it's what you're writing about today. And that could change. And it's the idea that you have a bio that never changes is a fairy, like a fairy tale. That just never happens. You look at any successful writer and if you could track it over time, it's like a, it's both a personal, it's the whole lean running principle we talked about. If you're trying to get more specific, adding specific words, cutting specific words, whatever it is, to start to say something different in your bio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want, if your bio stayed the same for 10 years, that means you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You should, you should always be growing and changing. So here's, here's a great example. Uh, Here's Julian's bio. If you've read any of Julian's work on Twitter, um, So look closely at what the bio is saying, okay? So right out the gate, I deconstruct how things work, okay? So what this is doing is it's telling the reader, hey, okay, this is what you can expect from me. And also it forces a decision immediately before you even read the rest of the bio. I deconstruct how things work. If you're someone who's interested in understanding how things work, Julian's your guy. You've already made that decision in your mind. If you're not interested in learning how things work, then Julian's not your guy, okay? And then we get a little bit more specific. He goes, like storytelling and critical thinking, okay? So maybe you were interested in deconstructing how things work, but then you keep reading and he gives you a specific example, but you go, "Eh, I actually really don't care how storytelling and critical thinking works. I'm only interested in how you know, plants get grown and how weather affects, uh, that's why, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm interested in this niche over here. Well, now Julian isn't the person that you want anymore. So each one of these decisions is really forcing readers to go, is this what I want or isn't this what I want? And so here I deconstruct how things work, like storytelling and critical thinking and share learnings along the way. OK, so as a reader, this is what I can expect from Julian. This is the topic. This is what I'm going to get out of it. And then he goes, you know, work or writing. Here's my website work. You know, here's my company. And so the piece that Julian doesn't really have here that if we were to tweak this bio or make it or take it one step further would be some sort of credibility. Exactly. Yeah, Sienna, you put that in the chat, right? So, what could take this one step further is, and I don't, I don't know too much about uh, Jillian, uh, Julian's background, but you know, if he was at the beginning of his bio, he was, you know, like 10x angel investor slash, you know, a hundred viral essays. I deconstruct how things work, like storytelling and critical thinking, and share learnings along the way. That little piece of credibility just amps up the amount of attention you give the bio.
0: There is something to be said about implied credibility from follower count though. Um, I think, I I think that the more followers you had, the fewer words you can use and the easier it is. I'm, you're more likely to follow someone that has 195,000 followers with this bio than 15 followers. Mm -hmm. just naturally right. You're just another tick in the box. So there's a little bit of social proof on that that he probably doesn't have to, but I think it wouldn't hurt.
1: Yep, yeah, it's the implied of I've got the blue check mark and I've got you know 194,000 followers, so you don't need to say as much. But this is, as a rule of thumb, right? Like when you're first starting out, think of the amount of description that you give readers is you're basically giving them the sales pitch. You're like, I know I have no social proof. I know I'm starting from level one, but here's why you should trust me and here's what I can give you in return, right? And then as you progress along, the more social proof that you earn, the less that you need to sell readers on, hey, this is why you should pay attention to me. There's a more extreme example we have in here. Jack Butcher has gone full minimalism mode. And uh, what I notice is that because that's true, There's a lot of people that reach a tipping point where they then think, I no longer need to explain who I am and what I do to readers. And personally, I think that's a mistake. I don't think you should ever get to a point where you've drank your own Kool-Aid so much that you don't need to tell readers what you do. Because it's just, you're just, again, you're just injecting more confusion into the question. So here, this is, it's a nice balance between there's some implied credibility, but Julian, this need to say everything. Spot on. Dickie, your, your bio, I swapped, this is your newest one. I swapped out your old one.
0: Mm, there we go. I've added a few things to this one recently.
1: Um, so walk, walk people through how you thought about uh, constructing this and how it's evolved over time.
0: So. Uh, the most recent one <clears throat> is very clearly saying I'm talking about two things, digital writing and digital leverage. Those have been two words. Digital writing is really one Cole and I have kind of come up with and we're focusing around. And then me, I think digital leverage talks about almost a step above writing. And so it's products, it's you know the leverage of the internet, it's creating connections, networks, things like that. I'm still kind of creating the language around it and how I wanna talk about it. But the idea of digital leverage goes through creating a podcast. It can be any kind of communication medium, but it's something I'm gonna start writing about. Then Captain of Ship 30 is just the, I think that's what the ship in the background um, of my picture kind of flows with that. And just Ship 30 is kind of what I'm known for on Twitter the most. And then this last part I actually added pretty recently. And it's a little bit of a personal touch of Something that I would say, I say to myself every day, like what I'm trying to be. And I think what this does is it actually makes people follow me that either come across that and think that's stupid and I don't want to follow someone that says that or that resonates with them and then they choose to follow me. And so I think it's like a little bit woo-woo-y, but almost the kind of people that I want to be interacting with, that statement is going to resonate heavily with. And so it's just forcing people to make a choice where I'm not in the business of just gaining as many followers as possible. I'm in the business of gaining people who I want to follow me because I think I'm going to say things that resonate with them. And that's what game you should be in, right? So I added, honestly, that probably cuts out more people than it adds. Um, But I don't know, maybe I I haven't noticed um, really any difference, but it was just kind of something in there that I wanted to put for no other reason than that's something that I feel strongly about.
1: I love, I, I love the personal touch. The personal touch works at, when you have the other pieces there too. Like if you're, if your bio dicky was not, you didn't have the first part, I talk about digital writing and digital leverage. You didn't have the second part, little credibility captain of, you know, here's this thing I'm building. And all you said was trying to be the healthiest, wealthiest, happiest I've ever been. Readers would go, well, that's great for you, but what the hell do I get out of it? and that's the thing that we want to emphasize is that your bio is it's kind of a it's counterintuitive thing it's like when i tell people you're not the main character of your writing your reader's the main character right everyone thinks of their bio as it's about them it's really not your bio is about your reader your bio is about signaling here's what you're going to get out of it And so when you can combine it with, eh, there's some sort of personal touch thing or here's something else that I'm interested in, like, you know, a handful of uh, alumni in Ship 30 who have had multiple points of credibility, you know, um, uh, marathon runners or Ironman champions or, you know, pro pro bodybuilders or athletes or professional this or in a different life, I did this, right? You can add in those other pieces of credibility if you'd like, But the important thing is, what are you giving to the reader? And here, Dickie goes, I'm going to talk about digital writing and digital leverage. And then if you scroll down a little bit and see any of his tweets or his threads, you're going to go, oh, this is what I'm going to get out of this person.
0: Yeah, I guess I could, if I wanted to reposition this a little bit, it would be, you know, um, helping others be the healthiest, wealthiest, and happiest they've ever been. But honestly, that's not what I talk about. That's not what I'm into. For me, I think I I'm trying to share more on the personal side of um, just those things that I'm interested to. And I think digital leverage is a little bit of that, but like just general health, wealth and happiness kind of things um, that are a little bit more broad. And honestly, we've talked a ton about this. I think I'm able to and people will pay attention to it a bit more given I have this many followers at this point. I started in a niche thing talking about writing a ton. And now there are people who, as a byproduct of just things resonating that i talked about, are now more interested in just the general frameworks and way I approach things. And so that is my framework of starting niche and then bringing in a little bit of general kind of broad things that people are only going to resonate with because they've been reading my stuff for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, you know, everyone keep in mind uh, a year ago, I mean, Dickie, you started the same place, right? You had what? Less than a thousand followers.
0: Yeah. So we're coming up, I think is when's November 3rd, tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow, November 3rd. So tomorrow will be the one year anniversary of the day. I tweeted about Ship 30 for the very first time. Crazy. The, the idea of uh, anyone want to join me on the 30 day riding challenge. So Crazy. that that'll be a cool tweet to see. But yeah, I mean, I had a thousand followers at the time, so.
1: And for, just just as a cool story slash, you know, motivation for everyone else, because this really is how it works. I mean, this is how you engineer serendipity. Um, Dickie and I got, got randomly connected through a mutual friend and I had no idea who Dickie was. I hadn't seen any of his stuff on Twitter. And Dickie, you had, you know, what, probably less than a thousand followers at that, a couple hundred followers, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did, this is what everybody does. Okay. So you've got to walk through the thought process. There's a reason why we're introducing all these concepts in the order that we are. Okay. The first thing that I did is my friend introduced me to Dickie, and I went and Googled his name. His Twitter popped up and I read his Twitter bio. And the Twitter bio was well constructed. And it was a different version of this, but it was a version that said, uh, here's what I give the reader. So immediately it was a signal to me where I'm like, oh, Dickie's in the game of I'm, I'm trying to play the game. I'm putting myself out there. I'm creating interesting things. And here's what I want to give others in my writing. And that was, that was the thing that signaled to me, oh, I want to, I want to talk with this person. And that's how Dickie and I connected. And then now we're here a year later. And so the reason I, I want to emphasize that is because like, don't get confused on opportunities only come to people with a hundred thousand followers. That is not how the internet works. How the internet works is you go, I'm going to tell the world what I'm willing to give everyone. Here's what I'm I'll talk about. Here's what I'm going to give you. And then here's some well-written attempts at me doing that consistently. And those two signals are what unlock the vast majority of the serendipity and the follower count and all of that. It's a lot of it is just like like additional signals that you're moving in the right direction, but you can unlock some really, really amazing opportunities in your life just by putting the right foot forward and just best practices.
0: I mean, the only reason really we're here, if you look at who introduced us, Cole was Craig. I wrote a thread for Craig um, aggregating all of his you know, most popular things he's ever written and how he found me was previous threads I wrote every day for 30 days. So the genesis of really ship 30 was, I was like, Oh my goodness, I wrote every day for 30 days. And my, the number of people I met, the opportunities that I had, the fun I had, how much just I felt better. I woke up every day to do it. I mean, that was the genesis of this whole thing. And that's why we're on this call. It's why we partner, like everything comes from writing every day. So recognize how powerful you're probably not experience. And honestly, I wish I could go back to when I was doing that and say, you don't even know all the cool things are going to come to you in a year after doing this from seeds that you planted during these 30 days. So that's just yeah. a little bit for each of you as, as you're going about doing this.
1: It's really, really amazing. It's, it is the serendipity machine. All right. Here's uh. I think this is one where I have a a before and after because Greg's done an interesting little change here, Dickie, that I think is is cool to point Mm. out. So Greg's old bio, uh, old being like (laughs) a couple months ago, um, he said, I share how to build internet communities and community-based products. Okay. So just as an exercise in the chat real quick, what is the one word in this bio that tells you the niche? What niche is Greg in? It's very, very obvious. It's one word. Yeah. The one he used twice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Community. Right. So immediately it's, it's forcing a, a choice, right? Is, am I interested in communities? Yes or no. Am I interested in internet communities? Yes or no. Community based products? Yes or no. And what was really interesting is I came across Greg's stuff um, a while, a year and a half ago or something before Dickie, you and I connected. And I remember I his threads had popped up in my feed and then I clicked on his bio and he was like, I write about uh, like community stuff. And at the time I was really not, that wasn't what I was looking to read about. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to follow you because that's not what I'm looking to read about. And then like six months later, whatever, then I got more and more into it. And then I was like, okay, now I'm interested in this stuff. So the whole name of the game is making it so apparent to the reader that this specific thing is what you are here for. Big, broad bios, the same is true for headlines. The same is true for content buckets big, broad bios where you're like, I write about life and happiness doesn't work. It's like a guaranteed ignore and go away. And the reason is because it's too broad, right? The reader has no idea like life and happiness are you gonna are you gonna give me like morning routine things that I should follow? Are you gonna tell me crazy stories? Are you like what what sort of thing am I gonna get out of this? Whereas, if you get more specific and you're like, I tweet morning affirmations every single day, follow me for morning affirmations, right? Then the person's like, oh, cool. Do I want to add morning affirmations to my feed? Great. Then I'm going to follow you because I know I'm going to get that specific thing. So, as a rule of thumb, whenever you're thinking, like, what category or niche am I in? Specificity is the key. Like wherever you land, push yourself to be twice as specific as that thing.
0: And so I think the next picture is going to show how he's done it, right?
1: Yeah. So here there's there's a word that's changed. I I talk about Web3 communities and community-based products. So it's a small nuance, right? But here we have internet communities, which is big and broad, and internet also, as we move into this Web3 phase, feels kind of like a previous era. And now I talk about Web3 communities. So Web3 is a niche of the internet, right? So he's getting even more specific. So here, you'll notice this is what happens. People's bios at every level, but people's bios every couple months, there's little nuances that change. And those changes aren't just I'm trading out this adjective for this adjective. It's usually I'm getting more and more specific about what readers want, what people are most interested in from me, what I'm most interested in, right? So Greg's gone down the rabbit hole of, I'm fascinated by web three. Of course, he's going to write about that more. So of course he wants to tell readers, hey, this is what I'm going to be writing about more.
0: And all he did was get more specific. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've done. I My bio used to say I talk about writing or something like that, like writing, storytelling, but digital writing is a whole different ballgame. It's more specific. That's your goal is to add specificity so people can very clearly like We should have had you, actually let's do it. Before we do any rewrites, let's take a minute and take your current bio and post it in the chat. I'm very curious to read some of these. It'll kind of break up what we have here as well. Um, Take your current bio and throw it in the chat because I wanna see before we jump into the bio checklist, um, what you currently have, because it's going to be very easy for you to rewrite it.
1: Yep. And we'll and see if we wor- have
0: any good ones.
1: Don't worry if it, if your current bios, you know, I, I love going on long walks on the beach and my ties. you know, every, mm-hmm. everybody starts somewhere.
0: So my, my immediate one is people, it's all me, me, me and... I guess mine is pretty similar to that, but you do want to start to talk about what you do for the reader. Mindful mm-hmm. productivity is helps people. What about CPA, dad coach, friend, golf addict, happy, go-lucky person, sales engineer? I overthink stuff and write about it. I love it.
1: So here, let me let me just point something out here. Okay. So so this bio, I, I write about getting your voice heard. Okay. So this is where this is a great example of like. Yes, but now get more specific and then get more specific again. Because get your voice heard is that could mean a lot of different things, right? So does that mean get your voice heard like structuring live presentations, giving talks, right? And then how can we get even more specific than that? You know, I I show people how to structure a motivational presentation in less than 30 minutes, right? So most people stop up here and they're like, I help people achieve happiness. I help people get their voice heard. And what you want to do is you want to keep pushing and go, okay, but what exactly am I talking about? And how do I help them do that? And what's a way where I can make it really apparent that this is how I do that for this type of person in this way. You know, so wherever you land, go more specific and then go more specific again.
0: All right, good. So now that we have those, let's dive into the bio checklist.
1: Okay, so here is an easy way of reconstructing the bio. All right, so just look at all of the pieces that you have here. And an easy first starting point is matching up, like which pieces do I currently have and which ones don't I have. Okay, so one is, am I saying who I am and what I do? All right. So, who are you and what do you do? Right? Uh, Founder of this company, or creator of this thing, or author of this book, or you know, teacher at this school, or you know, what whatever. Who are you and what do you do? Second is what makes you credible. So sometimes just saying, you know, I'm the founder of this company. There's some implied credibility there. You know, I wrote this book. Implied credibility. Um, but it can also be things that you've earned, you know, so for a very long time, this for me in my bio was top writer on Quora. Most people still eight years later have no idea what top writer on Quora actually means, but because I chose to say, Hey, I, this is what makes me credible. Everyone else started using it. I'd go on podcasts and they'd be like, Nicholas Cole, top writer on Quora. Right. So these credibility, uh, check marks if you want to call them that you can decide what you want to put there and obviously whatever you're writing about you want to find a way to make the credibility thing the closest right so if i go hey i'm a digital writer an easy credibility thing for me is 100 million plus views right because the two are very similar and they're linked it's a little bit harder to draw the link when you're when i'm like you know digital writer. And then my credibility is like, I was a pro gamer as a teenager. It works, but they're further apart. So whenever possible, you want to try and link, you know, here's the thing that I write about or that I do. And here's the thing that makes me credible. That's directly related to that. I write about real estate, you know, uh, owner of $10 million worth of real estate, right? Like those two things match up very nicely together. Third is then directing the reader's attention somewhere elsewhere. We'll show you that. But on Twitter, you know, you can pin something. That means in your in your bio, you can link to somewhere. Um, you can link to your social blog. There, it's basically just telling the reader, "Hey, I'm giving you the glimpse in my bio, and now here's the first thing you should go check out. You know, here's my most viewed essay, or here's my highest performing article, or here's the book that I wrote, or here's this thing that I I've done." and then fourth we'll get into this a little bit is are you naming and claiming a new category so it's one thing to say you know i write about xyz that a lot of other people write about but it's very different to say i write about and then you name this thing that is yours you know no one else writes about oh this thing that you're naming yourself so that is like the advanced version of this and we're going to talk about how to do that a little bit But this is really what goes into rewriting your bio. So look through, and the easiest things to to edit are, you know, one and two. Obviously, who are you and what do you do? What makes you credible?
0: All right. So let's look at yours.
1: So the first thing that I say, okay, who am I? I'm a digital writer. All right. And what do I do? I tweet about online writing and category design. Okay. So out the gate. It's very clear what I'm looking at. So chances are, if you're interested in writing or online writing, you found the right person. If you're not, you're probably not going to follow me. And that's what I want. I want that binary decision. Category design is how to create your own category. It's a niche within marketing. So those questions, if a reader is asking those, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go, oh, interesting. What's category design? And then they might scroll down and read some things that I've written recently to figure out that's like phase two of the decision, right? If I don't make the decision from the bio, then the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading the work and figure out, is this what I'm interested in? This one is a great example for everyone who's asking, you know, how do you balance uh, credibility that has nothing to do with what you're writing about? So if you look at uh, Trung's bio, it's one of my favorites. Create threads that make you smarter and memes that make you dumber. Okay, amazing, amazing sentence to show readers this is what you're going to get from me. And then his credibility is right on business and tech at The Hustle, worked in fintech and sold comedy film to Fox. Okay, so Trung writes about business. He doesn't really write about film or Hollywood or comedy or things like that, but like his memes are comedy. So there's this like, it's a deviation of credibility where he's like, yeah, and previously I sold a uh, film to Fox. It's like, okay, interesting. You, you must be doing something right. So if you don't have any sort of credibility marker that's directly correlated yet, you can use something from a previous life or a previous career or whatever, because it still sends that signal, hey, I've done something, you know, like I, I, I've done something in the past and now I'm doing something different.
0: Strong is a legend. I mean, that first so sentence good. is like an all-time quality sentence.
1: So good. Okay, here's a great example of once you have a certain amount of implied credibility, right? People begin to go the minimalist route. Uh, Jack, after crossing a hundred thousand followers, basically said, "I don't need a bio anymore." Um, again, I personally disagree with this. I still think that it's good to tell people, but it's a great example of, okay, I'm going to direct the reader's attention somewhere else. Okay. So he's pushing people to visualize value um, underneath. He would, you know, pin something like a new product or a new NFT launch or new merch or something that he wants people to pay attention to. Um, but that's always a good place to start. Right. Cause you have to think your profile is what's going to get the most clicks. So people are going to go here first and then they're probably going to give it one scroll. And so whatever they see in that one scroll, you know, whatever that first asset is, that pinned asset, that's what they're probably going to click on to then decide, is this someone that I want to pay attention to?
0: Yeah, I mean, what Jack does here is it, it matches his vibe though. He's not one to have, I talk about X and Y and this is my previous thing. This is kind of his MO. And so being authentic in your bio is important as well. I think make sure you're not just reverse engineering. If, if you're losing a bit of your voice in creating your bio, that's something to be aware of. Like Jack here, he's probably not optimizing, but in a sense he's staying on brand. Um, so I'm always torn, like, is he doing it? Is he like a level above this whole game by doing this or is he a step below, right? I, I can't really tell to be totally honest.
1: I think it, it ends up being a bit of both in a sense, right. you know, it's like, he, he's cutting people out, but he's also making the people that he brings in, like, they're like hardcore Jack fans, Yeah. You know? So it, it, it's a subjective choice, right? All these things that we're pointing out are just tools in your toolkit. But mm-hmm. I, I would say that this approach is a lot harder to execute well than straightforward, so, I think Agreed. people look look at this and they're like, "Oh, if I just do a minimalist bio, like I'll have the same results and you you won't. There's a lot that had to happen before this. yeah, you know what I mean? yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, his bio definitely has been something different than this in the past. You did not yeah. you do not get to a hundred thousand. and I think that's again, this is where we always get into kind of counter arguments is but what about this person? They don't have this bio. Or what about this person? They don't use these headlines or this person that these are all a lot of survivorship bias where yes, you're going to be able to find counter examples to just about everything we talk about. Um, But that does not mean that it wouldn't be enhancing for them to do it. They're the exception and definitely not the rule.
1: Yeah. And also remember, you know, like five people a year, whatever it is, uh win the lottery too. Right. So it mm-hmm. does, doesn't mean that buying lottery tickets is a, is a great way to build wealth. So there's always going to be outliers. And then this is the most, you know, this is the highest level of what we're talking about is naming and claiming your own category. If you're not here yet, or if you don't, um, if this still like an answer really hasn't presented itself, uh, that's okay. This is something that takes time. Um, had gotten this after going through, uh, a bunch of the materials that are now in the membership all around category creation. But here, the thing that she had run into was she was writing about, you know, everyone kind of says like, don't, don't niche or uh, don't have too many niches, right? Like always niche down, don't have too many passions, like always pick one. And she would write about how that was really difficult for her because she had many passions, right? So how do you do that when you're passionate about lots of different things? So where most people stop is they go, okay, I'm just going to say I write about this, and that's fine. But the the advanced level of that is to then take whatever this is I write about this, and wrap it in something, call it something, right? So instead of her saying, and it's very long winded, right? Uh, I write about uh, how to juggle and balance having lots of different passions in your life. She goes. I write about being a multi-passionate creator. And then the reader goes, what's a multi-passionate creator? And now she has the opportunity to define it for the reader. She goes, oh, a multi-passionate creator is a creator who has multiple passions. And the moment this happens, all of a sudden, so many people started commenting and going, I am a multi-passionate creator too. So this is like the highest level of languaging of bio rewriting it's taking the thing that you write about the thing that's different and giving it a name calling it something and then you know that it works when other people start using the language back to you right and this can happen on a small scale. It could happen between you know you and some friends and you're, you just start calling it something and your friend like in a conversation says it back to you and you're like, oh, that's sticking. There's something about that that's sticking. Or mm. it can work at scale, right? Jareen writes one essay about what it means to be a multi-passionate creator and gets dozens and dozens of comments of people going, I'm a multi-passionate creator too. That's working, right? That's a signal that you know it's working.
0: Yeah, just a quick poll, who here has used the word digital writing recently over the last 30 days for the first time, Um, whether in your bio, when you're talking about what you're doing, and I want to just give you an example, Cole and I started using the word digital writing about three weeks ago. Yep. And it was just a kind of a recognize that we're talking very specifically about using language to describe a certain type of writing. It's getting rid of legacy writing. It's writing that is meant to be consumed on a screen in a world of competing attention um, where you had to grab and deliver value quickly. And I, I just wanna kind of point out, like if you're using that word, it's literally completely made up by us two in the last three weeks. And that just shows you the power of having something. And now people are starting to throw those that idea around. It's like, yeah, I'm a digital writer. My digital writing lessons, right? And then there's that feedback loop of when you give the audience the words to use, they start mirroring it back to you and you're off and running.
1: So I just want to, you know, I can come up, if I spend more time about it, I'll come up with better examples. But here, here's an example, okay? So say you write about, um, your bio says, I, I write about the intersection of healthcare and productivity, okay? That's, that's a great starting point, all right? productivity is broad we could get a little bit more specific there but like at least the reader knows here's what i'm getting right but the next level of that is you go okay how do i give a name how do i create a word how do i create a phrase that summarizes what it is that i'm writing about and so then notice the difference between you know i write about the i write at the intersection of healthcare and productivity to i write about healthtivity and what health is, is, right? And then you go, describe it. So you can mash words together. You can invent words. You can name things, whatever you want. But the, the point, again, going back to clear versus clever, right? When you see the word like digital writer, you immediately know what it means. Like we don't even have to define it for you. It, when you see multi-passionate creator, you really don't even need to know what it means. You already know it's implied because it's clear. Oh, it's a creator with multiple passions, right? So where people get lost here is they go, oh, I I need to create this like clever sounding thing. No, what you need to do is you need to, it's like multiple levels, right? Level one is here's what I write about. Level two is let me get more specific. I don't just write about productivity. I write about how to be more productive in a hospital, right? Like hyper-specific. And then level three is, now I'm going to give this a name. I'm going to call this something. I write about health for example, right? And so that's like the progression that happens. And as you move up the ladder, it should become easier and easier for readers to make a binary decision. Is this exactly what I'm looking for? Or is this not what I'm looking for? Great. So this is the whole name it and claim it philosophy. Okay. So I just want to emphasize for people, your bio is going to change over time, wherever you are right now, just plant your flag in the ground and own it. Okay. And then tomorrow when it changes, replant your flag in the ground and own it. That's the name mm-hmm. of the game over and over again. And when you do this, and as you write More and as you learn what's working and you start to realize, oh, readers aren't just interested in productivity, they're interested in productivity within healthcare settings, right? That should impact your bio. You should get more and more specific about what it is that you're writing about. And so one of the things that I I really like reminding for people is there's always this, this almost like internal conflict where in the beginning people go, but I, but I have so many things that make me me, right? I have so many hobbies. I have so many things that I need to tell the reader. And you feel like everything's important. It's like the first draft of a novel, right? You think everything is important. And then what happens is the more that you write and the more that you gather data and the more that you learn what it is that readers care about, slowly you're gonna start deprioritizing things. And you're going to go, oh, you know what? Like my side hobby on health and nutrition, I don't even need that in my bio because I don't write about it anymore because that's not what readers are here for. Readers are here to learn you know, Excel spreadsheet hacks from me, for example. So just trust the process. In the beginning, you're going to feel this existential crisis of like, how do I get my entire being into my bio? And over time, it re- it resolves itself. You're just going to naturally deprioritize things, and then, of course, yeah. finally, when it works, you'll see people using the language back to you.
0: That last part's so important. You, it's like a, a very cool feeling the first time someone does it.
1: Yeah, it's like you realize that you've unlocked the greatest on earth. You're like, oh, literally word of mouth marketing is I just have to give people the words to use. And then they'll take mm-hmm. them and carry them and introduce them to other people. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Let's get so in some questions here.
0: Yeah. What questions do we have? Because we're going to do bio rewrites. If you want to rewrite yours now and post it in here, maybe we'll workshop a couple before the breakout rooms. Has anyone rewritten one already so far today? Using this checklist? Anyone? I write about nurturing microclimates of thought. I write about the intersection between productivity and thought, thought activity. I deconstruct how we learn and how to use that knowledge to create new digital writing. So is that three different attempts at the
1: same thing? Mm, yeah, I can't tell. All
0: right. So- I'm just going to pick one. I'm going to pick one. Okay, Pauline. I overthink stuff and write about it on the internet. Digital writer, editor for thirty. Product growth marketer at GoCardless, X Sky Scanner, and Leon alumna. Okay, Cole, what do we think about this one? What can we do? So,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, the I overthink stuff. Um, if if you if it's trying to be quippy or funny and and it turns into like kind of like a Trung uh, account, I I could see that working in some way, but um this idea of like i do this and then i write about it on the internet it feels like a like a personal blog and then again the reader goes i don't really know what i'm getting out of this so here you have you know digital writing and you have product growth so i think picking one of those and emphasizing what about that specifically you're writing about would be helpful
0: so what also here though what's important is there's potential that Pauline is in an exploration phase right now and not really Mm -hmm. sure what it is. And so in that case, like we said, this bio could change next week when she's like, Oh, this is what I really want to start writing more and more about. So in this current stage, it's, I'm writing about whatever I want and I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And like, so if you, you could add that almost it's, I overthink stuff and write about it parentheses to try and figure out what I want to write about or whatever it is. Right. Where, you're adding that
1: in here's here's a great um like i really really believe that it's all plant your flag wherever the hell you are today and just let it be that so notice the difference between i overthink stuff and write about it on the internet exploration phase versus uh trying to find my niche and uh writing about 30 different niches over the next 30 days So like telling the reader, like I'm going on this exploration and you're going to watch me go on this exploration, right? Mm. Like being even more specific and even more blatant that that's what you're doing. I think the more you tell that to the reader, the easier it is for them to go, interesting, I'm game to go on that journey.
0: That's great. I like that idea. Trying to figure out what that stuff is. Like, I think you just said it, right? You know, I write about... I overthink stuff and write about it on the internet, whatever, trying to figure out what that stuff is, Mm -hmm. et cetera. I like it. All right, here's one. John Tan, Founder Skills for Kids. Okay, so you're using your own founder skills, capitalized, own category. Mm -hmm. But what is is it about that? So you could add a for who, so so what kind of thing.
1: Mm -hmm. I talk
0: about Founder Skills for Kids so they can blank. I don't founder. really know what founder skills are and what teaching them to kids does.
1: Exactly. So you would do something like founder skills for kids, colon, you know, helping uh five to eleven year olds launch their first businesses, for example. Like now, I mean now I have a definition for the word.
0: Oh, I see. I see, John. Okay, got it, got it. I tweet about reimagining learning, transcend fellow, Obama leader, investor. Founder. I mean, that's pretty. good. I think reimagining learning could get more specific.
1: Yep. Yeah. Re reimagine how. You know, right. like what what are we reimagining?
0: What else? What else? Let's see. I read about mo- modable apps for solopreneurs. I don't know what mod is that modable?
1: I've never heard that word, actually.
0: So you've cut certain readers out, which is probably a good thing, based on what you're talking about. But let's see, any others? Teaching crypto, NFT, Web3 fundamentals to help you own a piece of the internet. Bang. Love it. That's right? awesome, Andrew.
1: Because what do, what do we get as readers? I want to own a piece of the internet. Oh, you're going to help me do that? Okay, great.
0: That's awesome. Great work. I do real world machine learning and share my stories here. I mean, that I think that's honestly very good because a lot of people want, I think you could add just a, so you can avoid the mistakes I make. Yeah. Right. There's a little bit of what's in it for the reader that you could add.
1: Uh, yeah. The most basic foundational like start here is I do this so you can do that. Mm -hmm. that's that if you want like the easiest bio rewrite that's it i do this so you can do that
0: we should add that in there peter future ready schoolologist help school leaders disrupt the status quo of education
1: so again that's a how Mm -hmm. disrupt how what you know like there, there's room there for specificity. Specificity is going to be your new best friend and your most annoying friend, okay? Specificity is like the forever art of, no, what am I really trying to say? No, what am I really trying to say? And it's one of those things where like, the moment it clicks, you can hear it. You're just like, oh, it's like the bio that we just read. And I help you own a piece of the internet, right? It's like, it clicks. It just, oh, I got it.
0: i hope empty nesters who access their creativity and write about it what so what mhm like what what is it what is it about it they're accessing their creativity writing about it so they can blank
1: yeah to to reclaim their you know sense of independence like what is the but empty nesters amazing amazing niche,
0: niche. amazing amazing My, if is my mom on the call she might be she'll probably know right like that's a huge niche and so specific yeah i love it and i had the gallery view up and i saw sarah's head start to nod when she thought about so what so what they can do um i love that because i can i saw you make a little note and that's how you know you're getting more specific
1: yep This is a great one. I debunk self-help myths for high achievers who want to stop improving themselves to death and start to live a little I want to read that. <laughs> yeah, that is so hyper-specific, right? You can hear it. You're like, all right, either this is 100% me or this is 0% me.
0: There are so many people who would have a visceral discomfort with that as their bio. And that's mm-hmm. how, you know, it's a good bio.
1: Yep.
0: Because there's so many people that say, ah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that niche. I don't want to only talk about, it. I don't want to be so limited. But God dang it, I read that and was like, oh, I kind of uh-huh. want to go read all 30 essays you wrote.
1: Notice and notice the difference between that bio. And if the bio said, um, <laughs> oh, I, I lost it in the chat, but if the bio said, I, I write about uh, high achievers, you know, and you're like, Uh, okay, well, yeah, you and everybody else, right? There's lots, there's tons of that, right? So it's the specificity that makes the person slow down and go, ooh, I'm interested in this broad category, but no one has really spoken to that little niche that you've got over there. That's really interesting. And what you'll find is most of the time when you think a niche is really small, it's actually way bigger than you could even handle working on it for 10 years.
0: Hmm. All right, let's look at Ben's because I think there's a couple things we can learn here. I write about better habits, learning, and mindset to help you get better every day. So, yep. A couple things. One, we want to avoid the words the N because what are you really trying to say about habits? What kind of habits? They're not just better habits. They're some kind of change, different, not yeah, what's incremental. The different? Who's habits, because you can't write about habits for everyone. There needs to be a certain group of people that you're writing habits for because they're struggling with habits for a certain reason. I write about better habits for recovering alcoholics is a completely different game than I write about better habits for new college graduates. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a completely different way of positioning, thinking, talking, messaging, everything. Right. And so If you took both those people and they came across this bio, neither would, because they wouldn't think it was, they would see it as too broad. The, the ironic, the irony of a broad bio is no one thinks it's for them, despite (laughs) you thinking it's for everyone, right? It's like the paradox of a broad, it's like, I don't want to cut anyone out, which means you cut everyone out. Yep. And that's a great tweet. I'm going to write it
1: Yep. That's exactly it. If you write something for everyone, you've written something for no one. Period. And so on the the ER, right? Like you want to avoid words like better, faster, cheaper, smarter, stronger, right? All those ER words are saying, I do the same thing as everyone else in this category. I just do it better. I just do it smarter. And the reader goes, well, you're just trying to convince me that you're better than the next person. And I feel like that person over there has got 100,000 followers and I might as well just follow them, right? So the goal isn't to be ER something that already exists. The goal is to say, I do this different thing. And that different is hidden in the specificity of whatever it is that you're talking about. I
0: I tackle adult math phobia head on. Adult math phobia is a real thing, I bet.
1: That is a great example of like, that is a specific, I, in many, yeah, I have sometimes adult math phobia. You put long division in front of me and I'm running out of the room, Uh, (laughs) right? So like this is like a specificity, right? And once you hear it, you're like, I see it. I see that that's a world over there. These are word games, everyone. This your bio is just a word game.
0: Awesome. Former C-suite exec pivoting the creator at 48 to help others live intentionally and achieve life goals with my tools. Plus my relaxing 20 to Bitcoin. Hmm. What do you think? So
1: so this is a great example where. it's, it's like a level two. Okay. Level two is like, I do this thing and it's, you've got a lot of language to explain it, right? Pivoting to creator at 48 to help others live intentionally and achieve life goal. Okay. We can get more specific there, but what comes to mind immediately for me is like most people, because the creator economy is like still new, most people think of that as younger people, right? You think creator economy and you think like teenagers on TikTok, or you think you know, millennials on Twitter and things like that. So immediately the thing that comes to mind for me is, oh, well, what about people that are like midlife creators? Or what about people that are in their 60s or 70s or 80s that want to pivot into this creator economy? They want to, you know, late life creators. So that's an amazing example where you can pair an audience with a topic area and call it something, right? I, I write about... Mid mid pivoting uh, to the creator economy in the middle of life, right, or mid career, and that's level two and then level three is okay now let me compress that into, uh, let me call that a thing that's that's the thinking that you want to go through.